Welcome to In the Seams, a podcast by Broken and Mended with your host, David Heflin. Well, hello, and I want to welcome everyone that is joining us again to be within the seams. Uh, my name is David Heflin, and I'm with the Broken and Mended Ministry, and very excited today to have Tara Cole with us. Uh, Tara is someone who's come into the Broken and Mended Ministry recently by a referral of a friend, and so just gotten to know her a little bit. And Tara has a, a, an extensive uh, podcasting and blogging and ministry, as well as uh, has just been an author and is working on some uh, some projects in regards to that as well. And uh, she came into the ministry about a time where I was looking to start this podcast, and I had put out feelers in my group looking for someone that would be willing to contribute as a blogger or podcaster, and, and Tara had uh, volunteered to contribute uh, to that as she was able. Um, and I've had an opportunity to look a little bit at, at Tara's work on her, her blogs and just a little bit in her podcast. And so I'm excited to have Tara here, and Tara, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, Tara, uh, you're here, obviously, because you are having experience with chronic illness. Um, that is, I understand, and you'll get into your story in a moment, but, you know, relatively uh, new. And and mm -hmm. so and part of what I want to explore with you, because I, I noticed in your, your blogging and, and some of your podcast topics, you talk a lot about, you know, being a parent, being a mom. Um, you know, mm -hmm. balancing that with, you know, with work and other responsibilities and and then when you got to throw something in there like chronic illness and how that can create new challenges, sometimes it may even feel insurmountable, you know, at least in the moment. I feel like that's going to be a worthy topic to explore for those that are, are listening to us, because I think most of the, the people that, you know, tune in know what it's like to have to balance responsibilities and then have to throw in, you know, chronic illness. And, and of course, that impacts us all. In various ways. I've, we've all known people mm -hmm. who've lost careers, uh, even because of chronic illness. So I, like you, I'm able to continue in my career despite it. Uh, but it doesn't mean there's not adjustments and, you know, and challenges. And so anyway, that's just kind of a gives our audience here a general idea of some of the, the things I'd like to discuss with you uh, today. But I, I want to just begin by talking a little bit about your website and, and, go, and feel free to plug the actual uh, domain and everything and your blog and podcast. Uh, and it looks to me like it's a you know pretty extensive effort in ministry. I'd be curious maybe to know how you got into that and how long you've been doing that. All right. Well, I started back in 2007. So that's going on. Goodness. Um, that'll be 15 years this July is when I started. And I actually started that ministry pre-mom um, before I even had kids. But it really started because of um, my own life experience, because I had grown up in a trauma and abuse situation, but I had seen how having a firm foundation with God made all the difference in the world. So really my goal with this ministry, and um, you can find it at taralcole.com is where you can find all the things, but um, that really started out of a heart to help women learn to connect with God and not just with what I call checklist Christianity, but an abiding relationship throughout their day so that when the trials of life came or if they had already lived through trials, 
they had that anchor and that foundation to help them weather it and to thrive on the other side of it or even thrive and survive through it because it had made such an incredible difference in my own life. And so I started blogging in 2007. And then when everything started shifting to podcasting a few years ago, because I noticed that I was no longer reading blogs or had time for those. And I had been listening to podcasts. So um, it was like God was kind of tugging on me to start a podcast. And then those who I wanted to guest on my blog um, to share their God stories, because I really believe that the stories of others, um, like it says in Psalms 78, encourage us and help us on our own journeys. Um, I would get a lot of responses like, I would really love to share my story, but I'm not a writer. And so I thought podcasting is a perfect vehicle to help those who have a story to share, to share it without being afraid of writing and tell me they're not a writer. So it's worked out great. I've really enjoyed it. And my podcast is called Over a Cup, um, just because that's where I got, saw originally God showing up in my mom's life because she would spend her time over a cup of coffee every single morning and her example. And then just having friends. One of my favorite things to do, I just did this morning, was meet with my friends over a cup of coffee for an hour or so. And so um, those conversations that we have on the podcast are much like we would have if I was visiting with you at the local coffee shop or at my house or something. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. You know, I also started my day over a cup with a good friend. And so I know, <laughs> I know how important it's a great way to start. It is. It is. That's actually my Friday tradition. Me and just a, you know, a good friend that his name's Jim, Jim, I don't know mm -hmm. if Jim will listen to the podcast or not, but uh, anyway, uh, but I, I know those friendships are important and continuing those conversations that enrich our life. Uh, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking about just how, how it has shifted, hasn't it? I mean, with the blogging to the podcasting thing, and I, I'm a natural reader and, and, and writer. Those are things I, you know, mm -hmm. in, enjoy getting to do. Um, but I find myself now listening to podcasts cause I can do it when I drive or if I, exactly. if I go to the gym, which I don't do like I ought to, but if I do, guess what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to listen to a podcast, you know, and it's just a way to keep my mind engaged with new ideas and, uh, so it's, it's a new a medium that I'm embracing and, and and trying to obviously incorporate. And that's kind of what we're you know doing here. So I kind of get mm -hmm. appreciate getting to to hear that story. Uh, so curious, has has that has it been mainly a Internet based uh, ministry or have you had opportunities to speak or uh, teach that has come out of this? Well, um pre-COVID and pre-chronic illness, I actually um, led a lot of um women's Bible studies, women's Bible classes at my local church. Um, so most of the material you'll see on my website, they were my guinea pigs for. So I would teach it to them live first and then um, do videos or workshops or what have you and make it available on my website. So I think everything that's on there, I have taught live at one point or another. I just did a um, ladies day kind of conference earlier this year. So I'm not actively speaking seeking out speaking engagements, though, if they come my way, I absolutely love doing teaching in person. I'm a teacher by trade. So teaching live is what I do. It's what I really enjoy. And so, yes, for many years, I've taught ladies Bible classes at church and then um, have done speaking engagements as they've come across my path. Okay. And for our audience sake, uh, just you're in the Oklahoma City metro area, that correct? Well, I'm actually in Tulsa. Oh, you're in Tulsa. Yes, okay. Oklahoma. Okay. Mm -hmm. And where do you teach? 
I teach at Oklahoma State University Institute of Technology. So um, I teach mostly those who are going into the blue collar fields, um, which is um, a challenge, but I absolutely love that challenge of convincing them that they need me. And um, <laughs> even just this morning, I was working with them and they're like, writing's not my favorite. I was like, well, that's okay. But my job's to help you get the raises and promotions you want. So we're here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really love working with them. I've been there for six years now. Okay. Well, very and good. And then taught for 15. 15 total. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I saw on your blog uh, that you, you're married. You have three boys. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? I do. And how old yes. are your boys? My boys are currently 12, 10, and 7. Okay. Well, that is an active age, although I haven't found the yes. uh, unactive age for, for kids, uh, but certainly they're <laughs> going to be involved in a lot of activities at that age. Uh, and as we just talked about, you're, I don't know are you if your uh, title is professor, but a religious instructor, not, sorry, not religious instructor. Um, I said that because I used to be a religion instructor in at Eastern New Mexico University. Uh, and so mm-hmm. that just jumped in my head. So sorry about that. Uh, but uh, a professor, and so mm-hmm. I want to know then, because we talked earlier before we went live here about uh, that this was relatively recent, uh, but tell, tell a little bit of your story about what point in your journey did chronic illness come, come into play and kind of what the nature of that is, if you're comfortable sharing that and just a, sure. a little bit about um, how that's been an impact. Okay. So um, I started noticing the symptoms of my chronic illness in the fall of 2020, and it actually wasn't brought on by COVID. I think it was aggravated by COVID, but it wasn't brought on by it because I hadn't had COVID up to that point. I hadn't even taken any shots or anything like that at that point. But um, in the fall of 2020, there was a lot of stuff going on, like there was with everybody's lives, had a lot of stuff going on. But I started noticing how excruciatingly tired I was. Um, I had just turned 40 and the tiredness I was experiencing was the same um, tiredness that those moms in the audience will know that you experience when you're pregnant. And I thought, oh my goodness, this would really stink Um, because my youngest was five at that point, but um, I wasn't. But that level of exhaustion and tired continued for months. Finally, in February, it lifted enough that I could do like one big push a day. I could garden, I could clean the house, I could do the laundry or teach or something. But after that, that was all I had in the tank. And this was completely different from what I had experienced before because I was um, a go-getter. I was the person who pre-COVID had all, or pre-spring 2020 had all the plates spinning in all the places. And even though some of them would fall, I was um, high energy. So I was relatively okay at that. Um, I had my hands in many different ministries and volunteer work. And like I said, I was teaching at my church, plus doing online, plus, 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 plus. Um, Along with everybody else, COVID cleared my plate utterly and taught me the world would not end. Well, it kind of ended, but my world would not end if um, I stopped doing all the things. And so in February, I kind of got my hands around it, but of 2021, but then in June of 2021, I caught COVID. And so even after, I didn't even have a bad case of it, but after my COVID left me, it was kind of like it had just kicked my feet out from underneath me. So I never, I still haven't recovered that energy. And that's been, in June, it will be a year since I had COVID. 
And so now my energy level is like in the gutter because I used to be able to what I think of as kind of superheroing through a um, where you're low energy when you're tired. It kind of the visual I have is um, we all know cartoon characters. Many of you are probably familiar with them from the 80s where um, you would have a cartoon character and they would bust through this wall and take off flying with their superhero cape. That was kind of me pre all of this. If I hit a wall of not enough energy, I just kind of busted through it and went on. Um, nowadays, it's the complete opposite. If I hit a wall and try to bust through it, I feel like those cartoon characters who run off a cliff and find themselves running in the air and they go flat. Right. Um, so I've learned it's not wise to bust through that wall when your body tells you to stop. Um Thankfully, I have a job that was able to make accommodations. So um, like many people in the fall of 2021, um, our school reopened back up and we all went back to face-to-face teaching or as much as we were able to with all the CDC restrictions and all that stuff. But I quickly found out that the energy it took to teach face-to-face, because I do teach um, a lot of blue-collar workers, and so it's a lot of 18 to 25-year-old guys from small-town America. There are some other demographics thrown in there, but for the most part, that's what I'm teaching. And so even though they are good kids, it takes a lot of energy um, to be one woman in a classroom full of 20, 18 to 25 year old boys who, and convince them that this is something they need to spend the next hour and a half doing. And so even though I absolutely love my job, it was kicking my butt. I was so incredibly exhausted. I wasn't able to do the self-care stuff that had helped me through COVID. Um, I was having to rush in the mornings and get myself and my kids out the door by 715 and then turn right around and drive 30 minutes to go teach. Um, And so I just, about the middle of the semester, I figured out that was not going to work. I couldn't be a good mom doing that, and I couldn't be a good teacher doing that, much less anything else I felt God had called me to. And so um, I talked to my boss, and they were so kind and generous and gave me the chance to go back to being fully online. Um, And that wasn't as tough for me as it might have been for most teachers in COVID because I'd actually taught online since my son, my first son was born. So for 10, 12 years at this point. So I've taught online for 12 years. Um, so it was no longer the challenge it is for others who are new to it because I'd already gone over all those learning curves. I teach people how to teach online nowadays because I really, really love it. But um, that was one accommodation that my work was able to make for me is that I was able to teach online. And so that let me do more self-care. Like I get my kids off to school and then I get ready so I don't have to rush so much. It gives me time to do yoga and stuff like that that helps with the chronic fatigue and helps with my muscles and the tension. It also, quite frankly, gives me time to take a nap before I can pick up my kids at four o'clock so that I feel like I can be a nice mommy and have a good tone of voice in the evenings. Um, so it, that was a huge help, um, with my, with the ministry, I, again, was trying to do all the things. And so it felt like when I found out in the fall of 2021, that I actually had chronic fatigue, that this was not going to go away. There was no magic pill and mine's, um, not actually brought on by COVID. It's brought on by the Epstein-Barr virus. Um, so it's actually virus related. Um, my doctor told me that mono can come back as chronic fatigue in the same way that chicken pox can come back as shingles later in life. Unfortunately, like shingles, it does not leave 
as quickly. You're just stuck managing the symptoms. And so when I found that out, um, I turned to my mentors in writing and in podcasting. I said, all right, I have a book launch coming up in less than a year in August of 2022. What are the most important things I need to do to steward this message well that I feel God's called me to? What are the most important things? And so with lots of prayer and their guidance, I felt like Gideon, where I would lay something down and God's like, nope, lay down more. And I'd lay something more down. And God's like, nope, lay down more. And so I laid down almost everything. I cut my podcast back to once a month. Um, I also w- had to drop my Facebook group at that time that I'd been doing for like seven years, um, just because the amount of effort for all the posts and stuff, and then the effort of face-to-face every week was becoming too much because we had been meeting at 9.30 at night for five years, and I needed to be asleep at 9.30 oh, yeah. at night now. Wow. Um, and so I switched that to a Patreon community. So we do go really deep dive one hour a month, which has been such a blessing. I love getting to interact with my audience in those ways. Um, and so it really pivoted, but it went deeper and more life-giving in the ways that God left in my hands. Um and that was actually became such a blessing. And the way what God did, because honestly, um, I have this book launch coming up. It's through the Million Praying Moms is and then um, through Whitaker House. But um, we're often told when you're doing online ministry and authors and stuff like that, that you have to do it bigger, better, faster, more, more, more is kind of the message And I even hopped off Instagram for about three months at that time because I just couldn't keep all the plates spinning well. Um, I've since added that back, but um, it was such a God thing because I found out a few months ago that six months pre-book launch, Sam's Club has already picked up the book, which is huge. Um, I do not have the platform for that, but that showed me how that when we're faithful to God and do what he asks us to do, even though it seems the opposite of what we're doing, because I had fits last fall. I think when I found I had chronic fatigue, I threw a full out hissy fit for a month or two. Like I'm sure many of you have where you just in the language of the Psalms have it out with God. Right. <laughs> and you're like, this is not fair. This is not right. What are you thinking? Um, but through that and other blessings, like, um, for instance, that aside, that's big, that's nice, but more to my family, um, I was moving so fast before that I knew my kids, but they honestly didn't have time to catch me because I had my hands in so much stuff and was so busy. But now since I spend a lot of our evenings just sitting down because I can't buzz around the house doing all the things, they'll just sit down and talk to me. So my kids have had that time to actually catch me. Um, I think it's also teaching them good habits about rest and what it looks like to take care of yourself while taking care of those around you. So even though it has been insanely hard to adjust to these new patterns, to give up things I thought were important for fewer but deeper things, I see the blessings even in my family relationships um, that I am sitting more and listening more because I've been hearing God tell me to listen and rest for years, but I, now I'm really learning yeah, <laughs> what I, it means to listen and rest. Um, I got a crash course in it. Sure. 
not not one you would have signed up for, but one that is no. effective in teaching anyway, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Well, you uh, hit on a lot of themes there that I think are important, uh, and I, I'd like to. And plus, I got now a mental image of Wiley Coyote running midair before he falls. <laughs> you know, so I, I too grew up watching uh, the, those cartoons. Um, you know, one of the things I just want to acknowledge, because I think if a person is not experienced fatigue, they may not understand this. Um, I have experienced it. I not, I don't have chronic fatigue, but when I have a flare, I get, I, I get fatigued. Uh, and I have told people that it is worse than the pain that I have with my arthritic condition because, um, I don't want to do anything when I, when I'm experiencing that, you know, that fatigue. Sometimes people that don't understand that may be insensitive, you know, and they may say something like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm tired, too. Uh, mm -hmm. And yes, I get that. Yeah. Like, so how would you how do you respond to that when you get that? Because for someone that is experiencing chronic fatigue, they might want to know how to respond to that with grace. But at the same time, it's um, that's not a real helpful comment that other person just made. So just kind of curious what you might say to that. I honestly, at this point, just give them grace and just say, smile and nod. Um, if it's somebody like my husband, for instance, though he also has a bit of fatigue with his diabetes, um, he thankfully has been really supportive. So um, there isn't much a problem there. He is not one to harp on me to get the house all cleaned up. If you were to see, I know this background behind me as we're in this looks lovely, but um, the rest of my house does not. The dishes are not washed. They haven't been washed in a few days. The bed's not made. The laundry's not folded. It'll get done when it gets done. Um, but I just try to answer them with grace and smile and nod because I now realize how many times when someone was experiencing a death or an illness or something in their life, and I thought, oh, I have a share story to share about that, but I had completely missed the mark. Um, I really had no idea what they were going through mm. and thought I did, but they gave me grace. And so um, unless it's a close family member who really needs to understand this is how this is going to change our relationship, then I just smile and nod and give them grace because I know how many times people have extended that same grace to me. Um, the thing is, though, when you tell someone, oh, I have chronic fatigue and they have actual experience or have a family member, they're like, oh, I'm so, you know, they know. Right. But um, if they share the, oh, I've been really tired story, you're like, mm -hmm, yeah, not You don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just <laughs> smile and nod. Right. Well, <laughs> and give them grace. I appreciate that grace and humility of recognizing our own failings in the past too, you know, and I, I was, I felt like, you know, and before I had chronic illness and chronic pain that I, I didn't really understand, for example, as a minister at a church, mm -hmm. you know, when people would miss church and um, they always seem to, and they, the audience won't see the air quotes here, you know, but have it, you know, have an excuse. And, um, and I've learned just how difficult it can be even to do something like come to church and sit down. And I, and to realize mm -hmm. that uh, sometimes people can't do that. And, and if they do do it, that there's such a price that they have to pay for it. Um, and they weren't able to get anything out of the experience anyway, or to contribute to it in that moment, you know, and, and the point is mm -hmm. extending grace to, to everyone is, you know, Im important, uh, and, and giving ourselves, um, a reminder about, uh, the things we've had to learn through experience and, and that maybe mm -hmm. we didn't get early on too. And, um, certainly I've had a change of perspective, uh, through my own experience. Um, 
you mentioned rest and, and slowing down. And I, and I just think there's such a lesson there. I was lamenting to you before we went on air uh, about how busy I felt and how I felt uh, like I couldn't do all I wanted to do with, with Broken Amended because this is not my full-time mm-hmm. job. It's not even my part-time job. It's, I have a different full-time job and I too am a father with three kids and, you know, and uh, a wife and, uh, you know, a very, very busy and full life. And, and so to recognize that God is not limited to the concept of kind of American productivity and, mm-hmm. you know, and that he's not dependent on us. It's the opposite. It's the other way. We're dependent on him and that he gives exactly. us these blessings when we're just at rest with him and, and, you know, the be still and know that I am God uh, experience. And, uh, you know, I thought about that with your, your book being picked up by Sam's and, uh, that's that's a cool story, and I too have noticed that God has a way of providing the right moment when we need it, um, and that may not be what we were expecting or how we thought it was going to happen, and mm-hmm. and yet God's at work, and often He's at, at work in more obvious ways when we're still enough to notice it, um, you know. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you sharing that because people need to hear that are dealing with chronic illness because they might be dealing they may be dealing with guilt regret, uh, many different emotions that they have in regards to not being able to do what they used to do, to think that somehow they're, oh, yeah. maybe they're, they feel they're less than uh, they're supposed to be now. Uh, and your story kind of, I think, contradicts that in, in a very helpful way. And so I appreciate you sharing that. Um, let me ask you about the book. I, I think you, you mentioned the publisher. I can't remember if you said the title or not a, a moment ago. Uh, so tell me a little bit about this this book that you're working on. And did you say it was coming out in August? Is that right? Right. So um, this book is called Everyday Prayers for the School Year, a 30-day devotional reflective journal for moms. And it actually started with my own prayers for my son about five years ago. And then I got the opportunity to do it as just a quick prayer journal for Million Praying Moms about two years ago. And then um, Whitaker House picked it up um, a year or two ago and said, hey, we want it in five other journals in the series to, um, we want to publish them, lengthen them. And so now its current format is it has 30 different devotionals over um, different topics regarding the school year. And then after each devotional, it has a um, Bible verse and then a prayer specifically for our um, children based off that verse. Because Million Pray Mom's big thing is that we pray God's word back to him. Um, and because it's powerful than any double-edged sword, he promises his word will not come back to him void. So we pray God's word back to him in these various ways. And so these are specifically over the school year. And I started writing, I started with prayers five years ago when my youngest was in preschool and my oldest was only in second grade. And um I was homeschooled myself. So a question I have is, will this book work for me if I'm not public school sixth grade mom? It will. Um, I really was intentional about writing these devotionals. So they worked from pre-K to college age. And so they worked whether you were a homeschooling parent, a private school parent, or a public school parent. Um, Because I have been in all those places as either a student or a teacher or a mom. And so I really wanted it to, to be a journal that you could come back to year after year and see how God has answered your prayers that you've written in it and also be one that would work for moms at any stage or even grandparents who want to intentionally pray over their grandkids. Um, so 
they had asked, Brooke had asked for someone who could speak to those different things when she asked someone to write the first one. And um, I was like, yes, that would be me. Um, and I have, it's been such a blessing um, to share my experience as a teacher, as a mom, as a student, um, in these intentional prayers over our school year. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I know that I will be getting a copy for my wife and, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, sometimes we need a little help uh, in, in getting something, a way of focusing on our prayers and, and a mm -hmm. way of kind of pointing them in a, a direction. And um, I, I think it's just something that will be beneficial to a lot of people. So congratulations on, on getting uh, the, a publisher you. and getting, uh, you know, a, a completion date. So are you uh, done with your part now? Or is it kind of in the editing phase or? I am done with my part as far as the book is concerned. Um, it comes out August 2nd, but the book launch is starting to gear up. So I'm doing all the podcasts, social media, uh, prep work, graphics, behind the scenes stuff that goes along with the book launch. Because um, if anybody in your audience has launched a book, um, they liken it to giving birth because there's so much effort and push behind it. And having launched one book already, it is. So... Um, because of my chronic fatigue, though, I started launching or prepping two months ago because I knew I couldn't do it all in the last run up. And that's been another thing that I've learned is to give myself time um, that I may not have needed before because I used to be able to do one big project after another. And now I really have to spend time and really depend on God. God, what do you want for me in the season of life? Because I can only do one thing at a time. I can't do three things anymore. And so um, I even learned to pre-plan stuff. So when I know I have an event or something that's going to require more energy and I'm probably going to crash afterwards, and sometimes it just takes learning what those are. Um, we're also uh, kind of on the side breeders for Bernie's Mountain Dogs. And my uh, dog just had puppies a week ago. And that kicked my butt staying up to 4 a.m. with her. So I thought, all right, after next time we breed, after her due date, I'm going to give myself a week to recover right. after that. Um, I cannot jump with both feet back to anything. I just need to be a mom and teach and nothing else for the week after that. So it's a learning process. So if you're feeling guilty or like you're not able to do enough, I would just encourage you get alone with God and find out what he wants for you in this season of life that you're in. And also um, give yourself grace allow yourself to learn. So like I said, there's some things I thought I could handle. And then I find out, oh goodness, that took a lot more out of me and made me crash. And so I just plan for the crash next time. If it's something I really want to do and was worth it, I'll just plan for the crash and work that into my schedule as well. Um, but one saying I loved before I found out I had chronic illness and that I especially hold on to now is God can do a lot with your little. Um, just like the loaves and fishes, he was able to take what that boy gave him and make it enough. And so whatever you can bring to him each day, and I know it's a day by day, daily bread thing. Now, I thought I had that idea beforehand. I really, really lean into it now because you wake up with a different supply every morning when you're experiencing chronic illness. You might feel great and have more and you're like, yes, today I felt great. And then you might wake up the next day and feel like, oh, goodness, God. You have to work through me because I don't have it. And he does. He shows up. He can do a lot with your little. Um, and then you can go take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, 
find get alone with him and find out what what you're actually supposed to be doing this season of life. I am a completely different person than I was two years ago. Um, I don't even know if my friend, I have similar friends, some of them overlap because we did switch churches for various reasons during COVID. So I don't have as much contact with my older friends now as I do uh, my newer friends, but I am a completely different person than I was two years ago. Um, But I've learned a lot and I have other skills now, like even, um, one of my friends commented when we were at something, Hey, I really liked how you helped that new person feel connected. Two years ago, I would have been so busy doing all the things. I would not have had the time to sit with that new person and connect with them. But because I couldn't get up and do anything else, I could sit there and have coffee and connect with them. Um, which was where God wanted me to be in that moment. And so, um, look for the blessings. They're there though. It might be hard to find them, Right. but God can do a lot with your little. Those are such powerful lessons. Uh, I thank you for sharing that. You know, I think sometimes we act as if the opposite is true. God's going to do little with my lot, you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, the truth is, as long as we're still dependent and and trusting in our offering as being a lot, then that isn't going to allow much room for God to operate. Um, I actually heard right. a very powerful devotional just uh, a little over a week ago. I was in Tennessee actually for a broken and mended related trip and, and heard someone speaking about uh, the little boy and the fish and the loaves and how that's all, I mean, such a, what was seemed to be from a worldly perspective, an insignificant amount that is being placed mm-hmm. within the hands of Jesus ends up feeding thousands of people and the 12 baskets left over, of course, such a such a powerful story and and mm-hmm. i guess it really comes back to if we if we trust that it's true in our lives today um and you're finding out that it is uh, it, it sounds like through your experiences in in profound ways yeah i don't i don't want to give the impression that i like it or are always okay with <laughs> right? it because like everyone i still have days where i'm like Ugh. Come on, God. Um, or I have days where I look at my schedule and I'm like, God, I don't know how we're going to make this through. That's what the energy I woke up with. Um, but um, like my book Abide, like we talk about in the Over a Cup podcast, um, it's all about staying connected to God throughout your day. And so in those ways, I have learned so much more about leaning into God and staying connected to him and carrying on constant conversation with him um, and learning about who he is. Even this week, I like like you, I read a devotional and she talked about how um, throughout the Psalms or throughout the Bible, we like to say, God, give me strength. But she really pointed out how throughout the Bible, God says, I will be your strength. There's a completely different reversal in that. And so I'm learning slowly what that means um, for him to be my strength and not just give me strength to go throughout my day. And so, um, yeah, it's a constant learning process. Yeah, that's good stuff. It's helpful. Uh, You mentioned abide. And so this is, I know you've mentioned at the beginning of our conversation about sort of being the the word, which really your your ministry and, you know, maybe even your life to some degree uh, Mm -hmm. really centers on. And, but this is going to be a book in in the future as as well, right? Um, Yes. And yes. Um, So abide 40 ways to focus on Jesus daily is my book that came out in 2019. Oh, okay. So if you're looking for practical ways to abide with Jesus throughout your day right now, 
um, that's the book for you. To kind of give you a trial of it, if you go to Tara, T-A-R-A-L-Cole.com slash abide, I have a um, abide five-day challenge there, which will give you a taste of what's in the book. Um, but it's five different ways to spend time with Jesus throughout your day. Because showing up for church is great. Um, though if you have chronic illness, like you point out earlier, that might be a task in and of itself. Um, daily quiet time is great. But again, a few days this week, I woke up so completely exhausted. I could barely put two words together, much less spend 30 minutes in quiet time. And so these abide ideas will help you connect with God. And they may not all work for you, but out of the 40, I bet you can find several that might work for you for the season of life you're in right now. Um, what you, what I mentioned to you before we started is that I saw as I um, have worked through that book and gone over it with people over the last few years, that that's a good practical side of it, but there's chapters I wish I would have included in it. And so um, earlier this year, I taught a workshop called Abide to Thrive. And so it really um, focused on getting that strength um, from God's love instead of trying to bootstrap it ourselves. Because a lot of times, again, in American Christianity, we're told we have to do more, be more. That song, walk right, talk right, sing right, pray right, that we teach our children. But um, as you go through life, you find out that is increasingly difficult. Um, and so Abide to Thrive is more about recognizing where we're at with God, that we have his grace, we have his love. And so it's working from grace instead of toward it. Um, working from the grace you already know is yours, even if you're um, sitting in your chair, even if you're taking a nap, even if you're lying flat on your back in bed, God loves you just as much as he would if you were up there teaching a class, serving the homeless, um, doing all the things. He loves you just as much where you're sitting or laying or standing as he would if you were doing all the things. His love for you has not changed. And so, um, and that changes everything. When we are confident in our love for him, then we're able to give more grace to others because we don't have to earn it. We have it and we don't, they don't have to earn it from us either. Um, we're not in competition with others because we know God loves us. We know we don't have to earn his love. So if you don't have to earn it, you can't lose it. And we're not in competition with those around us. Um, I have friends who are doing all the things and God bless them. That's a season he's called them to right now. But I'm learning to be okay with my season of life and where he's put me right now. Um, it's hard. But um, abiding in that love and constantly going back to it is what keeps me going. And so um, Abide to Thrive currently is a workshop that's available for my Patreon members. But, um, and if you go to uh, patreon.com backslash over a cup or like my Instagram, um, we'll have it there in my bio for you. But um, it's currently available for my Patreon members. But after I finish up Everyday Prayers for the School Year and launch it, I'm hoping to start shopping that idea to agents and publishers to help Abide to Thrive become a book itself. Okay. Um, I think that's what it wants to be when it grows up. We'll see what God does. <laughs> see. Oh, that, that's great. I will, I'm going to put uh, these websites. We'll mention this for our, okay. our uh, audience in the uh, show notes. And that um, Patreon, how, how do you spell that? I P A T R E O N dot com slash over a cup. Okay. Uh, and is that linked yeah. on your website too? 
Um, yes, okay. it's over there on the left hand bar. Um, my website person, because you cannot do all the things. Um, I am quickly learning is going to put a tab across the top, but right now the fastest way to reach it is through um, probably Instagram has the best link. Oh, okay. Well, very. Or you can find it, yeah, in some of my blog posts and stuff. Okay. Well, good. I, like I said, I'll put a few links up. Um, you know, maybe I'll be able to put a direct link to that as well in the show notes. Okay. And I think that'll be helpful to our listeners. And I, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up now. And thank you again, uh, Tara, for being with us today. Just uh, I wrote down a lot of things myself. Uh, just the way that the way in which you worded them, I think. Uh, really spoke to me. The last thing I wrote down was working from grace instead of toward grace. And I, um, that, that speaks a lot. Uh, that's something I could reflect on for a while and uh, realize that sometimes we fall into that performance driven mode and mentality. Uh, and it, we, we really see God as more of a boss um, instead yes. of our father and uh, how much we're missing out when that's the case. And so Thank you for uh, these wonderfully, I think, theologically grounded in God's grace reflections today. And so um, I want to remind our listeners that, of course, you can find not only this podcast, but our blog and other information at brokenandmended.org or .com. Uh, we're, we're switching over to .org, but .com will redirect, and and uh, we're getting closer to a new website launch here in the next uh probably next month or so and uh, saw a, a replica or a uh, kind of a rough draft of what, what that's looking like a couple of days ago. And I'm excited about that. And, um, and so I invite you to come back to the, to the website, check out Tara's resources and uh, we'll go ahead and, and close it for today. But we look forward to uh, being back together in the near future. Thank you for having me, David. Yeah, absolutely. 